Hey, everybody, and welcome to the What is this, honey? podcast, where we will be discussing everything from pop culture to reality TV to true crime documentary to my life and everything in between that makes you scratch your head and ask yourself, what is this, honey? Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. As always, I'm your host, Brandon. And today, honey, queens, sisters, my angels, we have the one, the only, Nubo. Been up, been down, been broke, broke back, bounce back. Ah! Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, y'all! Uh. <laughs> Looking so cute. Y'all, what you call? Y'all could see this little red number my sweetie has on it right now, oh, honey. Like a little, like a red little, uh, we can't say the word that I want to say, but uh, what do you call these, like A line? <laughs> this is not the proper way to say it. Like the little, like, um, A line t shirts, ripped t shirts, yes. except mine's cut like a little bit, you know, to show a little side cleavage and my little PBR. Hat that my sister Sarah Cream and Onion got me, and she bedazzled the paps. Oh, shout out to Sarah Cream and Onion. She might want to start a little business, a little rhyme. Right, okay, and, and take Robin Dixon out of business. Listen. Oh, honey, embellished. Embellished. Embarrassed. Don't let Robin <laughs> see this now, child. Sarah might get a cease and desist. She may. She may get to lock it up tight, honey. Cut shut I it up listen, tight. Shut it up tight. There's been a lot of people this week who have been out here in the world with the audacity and they all they should all need to shut it up tight yeah i mean they've had me asking myself what is this honey what is it well it's crazy because you and i i mean we don't want to give away our age but like (laughs) this these platforms did not exist and i almost hate how like anybody can just sort of just go on live and just say any old thing and get and be you know 24 hours within the algorithm and you know have support behind them i i i, I miss the days of elitism it's like when back right. in the day when vogue used to be like you had to be a super to be on the cover okay diana breland right. said you had to be gorgeous well like they did say kim kardashian ruined vogue forever when they put her on the cover at all Wow, <laughs> anna anna ruined vogue anna ruined vogue i know because that? listen breland Breland was giving the girls. She would have been, listen, Diana Breland would have been like, no, sweetie. <laughs> Diana said, put your hair up, please. Can we not do Freeland no bone strength? also t- told a few people this week, like, you know, we're going to start. So Richie and I, mm-hmm. we text, we DM throughout the week, and we just have our little hot takes. And one of the main hot takes was about Jess Hilarious. Hmm. Because Jess Hilarious has, you know, she's come under fire this week because, like Richie said, she went onto her live on her Instagram to her 5.5 million followers. Mm. And she went on this total rant. I'm just going to read you what she said. She, she says, who the fuck is going to stand up for us? clarifying that by us she meant real women women non-transgender women and the comedian proceeded to refer to trans women as having a delusion stating what's the difference between you and someone who's been diagnosed to be mentally insane the only difference is that you don't have a straight jacket on now jess she also says she's the gatekeeper of periods 
Well, she was referring to that video, yeah. TikTok mm-hmm. video where, and it was totally taken out of context. The clip said, you don't own periods. You don't own womanhood. Blessing Rose. Um, you experience both. Blessing Rose said this on our TikTok. She said, you experience both and um, both are different for every person. But as a cis woman, it doesn't belong to you. So you can't gatekeep it. Now, she was referring to every being under the, the mm-hmm. sun, transgender men, intersex folk, people who have periods who biologically born women who don't who don't identify as that, who do not have that experience in their daily life. And Jess Hilarious took this out of context to make whatever point she wanted to make. It did not go over well. Now, Jess Hilarious, we know that you have been referred to as a transgender person before. And you might be in your feelings about that. I mean, that the writing's on the wall and that's on Destiny's Child. But the thing is, I don't know, I'm going to be very careful because I do not identify as any of the people that are within that dialogue. Because there's been a very unfortunate, I don't know if you could, you feel this way, but there's been a very unfortunate correspondence between public figures that identify as trans and Black women. And I'm not really liking the discourse. We're now, we're getting very kindergarten. We're talking about people's looks. We're being like, you know, and I think yeah, there's an actual, cute. it's not cute. It's And I don't, I don't like cheap shots. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like something that just is like corny. Like, don't call somebody out. Like, that's so corny. Um, I find it interesting that like, hmm, we gotta be careful, child, mm-hmm. as we are sipping our drinks. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, I, it's, you can apply this to so many, whatever you want to call it, marginalized groups, minorities, whatever you want to call, whatever pretty word you want to put a bow on, or you know, non-white people. I find it very interesting that like, we're, it's almost like in some way in this dialogue, because T.S. Madison spoke, Angelica Ross spoke, and you know, it, it got really petty. It's almost like, why is it always that we are on the same bench and we're punching each other and everything that you're saying is applying to all the people that don't look like us and they are sitting back watching us from the bleachers above us. You know, and it it disappointed me when Jess was sort of talking about gatekeeping periods because I've always found it interesting, especially against trans women, especially, that like the very thing that men have used as characteristics to hold you back from, you know, any type of inclusions are the very thing you're holding against right? these people. Because it was your periods of menstruation, it was you being able to birth children were the reasons why you couldn't, there was a, a pay gap. There's a reason why you couldn't, we're told you couldn't get positions in certain, you know, fields. Right. Um, so why use that against, you know, if you're actively fighting, against that saying like I'm much more than this why revert back to oh this is what I'm defined by when you're using it against yeah well I can tell you why because it's a hot spot for her because Jess Hilarious was also recently interviewed and she was talking about her experience with a celebrity who got into her DM she's quoted saying this nigga DM'd me and wanted me to fly out so he could fuck me and the host Okay, it's the Don't Call Me White Girl podcast. Let's just be respectful. And Mona is the host of that podcast. I love that little Philly girl. She's problematic, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I, she's like problematic she, I like the way she talks, you know. She's, she's, you know, she's very direct. And she yeah. goes, in an ass? And, <laughs> you know, just confirmed yes, but not with the dildo. This nigga thought I was a man. He was very direct. And, um, you know, I think this whole thing 
really pissed her off really as a trigger for her because she also goes on to say and she's quoted that you know trans women are a fetish and that they they liked her because of her deep voice and her her raspiness and you know she felt some type of way because this man really thought she was also a man which goes to show that she doesn't respect trans women at all she won't even refer to them as trans women she's just like he thought i was a man well, it's it's also like I feel like this is a conversation that, of course, the dolls, the dolls have to we'll, we'll oh, yes. spearhead. But I also think it's such, I think it's such bullshit because we're not having honest conversations about, you know, how should I say this, like the origins of certain aesthetics, <laughs> um, and I think people are too into their feelings and not and in pride and ego and not divorcing themselves of that to actually have an honest conversation about like what is you know the beauty landscape and who are actually the trendsetters and you know diving deep it's much more nuanced than like oh you look like a trans woman it's like why do you what what does that mean unpack that and in that i think disclosure the uh, the netflix movie breaks that down I know you're not going to learn this from Miss RuPaul because RuPaul loves to, um, you know, erase ballroom culture. From... Uh, because she can't be a part of it. Okay. <laughs> she don't period. have the skills. <laughs> she don't listen. And like, I, I can, we're not even going to get into that because that that uh, RuPaul's first album is black as fuck, and it's one of my favorite albums of all time. And I don't know where we got to here, but um. I was telling my friends the other day, I was like, ballroom, like, you know, realness and, you, you know, watch Paris is burning, the the Holy Grail. It it, it was defined by, um, quote unquote, natural realness. Mm-hmm. I think of all the um the beautiful trans women that used to walk face and it was all about, this is what hormones did to me, baby. I This is me at the shower. Tanae Pendarvis with the, the towel on her yes, hair honey, and she just came out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but that was the beauty standard and, and that was seen in ballroom. And again, listeners if those who are actively participants feel free to um correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure i'm talking about but that was the marker of beauty it was it was they say it right in documentary if you if for the girls that learn about ballroom from paris is burning it was the girls that walk outside with not a stitch of makeup right and they were real but within that i think there were a lot of politics you started to see that not every girl of every race excelled in that category i've always had a problem with realness um, cause again, it's like, what, what defines realness? Realness is, uh, me waking up every day and do what I got to do, you know, exactly. like that's realness. But I say all that to say, like, we're not having an honest conversation as someone that is an adjunct drag artist. I am seeing certain beauty trends <laughs> that, <laughs> okay, Brent is already low on exactly where I'm going at without actually saying it. So, and I hate that we're, we're not talking about we're doing this weird well, i'll say it, the girls are getting their asses done they get their lips juiced Girl. up they're getting their titties bigger they're getting the jaw lines trimmed they're doing all of these feminine these feminization procedures yes that were popularized by and the gag is and this is the gag about this all this really made me mad because you had to unpack why the girls like the jesses and those girls get called trans back in the when i remember being younger when surgery became a thing or accessible i should say accessible and then yeah. when we when ballroom i think 
for I think political reasons too, because you know, if you were a girl that was maybe had Afro indigenous features, hormones weren't breaking you down mm -mm. the way that hormones maybe showed up on like a Latinx girl, an Asian, a, a person of Asian descent with softer features. So surgery allowed a brick to be a babe, you know? Right. And, but the gag is the girls, I think, were very much living in a dip, were, were taking it to an extreme. I think maybe, you know, this is just my, what my perspective as a rebellion against those standards that were held against them. Like, oh, bitch, you said that I, my nose wasn't kind. I'm gonna have the thinnest nose in the motherfucking exactly. building. I'm gonna have the biggest titties. You know, like, it was a much different conversation. And it, it amazes me how, like, I hate even when you talk about trans kids, the how much surgery and things get talked about when in reality, I've seen more of the BBL conversation, the right. implant conversation, the sort of feminization, and we'll call it because the, it, when trans women get this surgery, these certain types of surgery, they label, the you know, medical people label as feminine, feminization surgery. Um, but the girls the call it- they call it a touch boy, up. I'm not calling. I'm not calling all women. No, that's boy. a term Don't get mad at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the queens who are out here who are born cisgender women who are getting those surgeries, in my opinion, you're having a feminization surgery because it makes you feel more comfortable and more confident in society. Right. To have a bigger chest, to have a fatter ass, to have to have more defined, more feminine hips, softer lips. And it just, I hate, that's why I don't like the conversation because whenever it happens, it gets into a territory of you're trying to look like me, you're trying to be like me. That usually is more, it comes from a, a, a vitriol that I've seen in my experience from cis women that is just like, you don't even look like you, sis. It's like, you that's don't... what I mean. And it's just like, <laughs> and, and let's go back to ballroom. We measured naturally back in the day. It was we wanted it was you fresh out the shower was the achievement mm -hmm. of femininity. If it, right. the girls that there used to be no sill, no surge, Naomi, no sill, no surge. No sil, no she used to say that all the time. And then, of course, you know, she's looks very different now that she's gotten the, the gigs. Mm -hmm. But it used mm -hmm. to be, look, I look just like this when I wake up. And I say all that because I'm watching Jess with a bust down. With a bust down. Yeah. With, bundles with, upon with bundles. Bundles upon bundles with a certain kind of contouring, with a certain kind of like aesthetic, and you look gorgeous and there's nothing wrong with it, but we're just not having honest conversations and I hate it. It happens all the time. We can even relate it to reality TV where you, because we don't like the person, we don't have, we don't have honest conversations about what we're right. actually seeing. And I'm watching all of these amazing trans creative directors, the Tokyos, the, the you know, Ooh, that's a bad bitch right there. And why? And my thing is like, why is that an insult? If if a man thinks that you, like like old girl said in her rap lyric, pretty like a transgender. The transgender girls are the baddest bitches out here right now. I'm sorry, y'all girls aren't going to the same amount of trouble that these girls are going to. <laughs> and transgender women have never, have never, you know. I think that w women. I will say that I wouldn't use your platform to say this. I feel like women. It's unfortunate because the very things that women are told to, you know, whether I guess you'll call them characteristics, attributes that they're told to embrace that will define them as women are actually things that have the possibility of being incredibly detrimental. When you think about menstruation, when you think about ovaries, uterus, childbirthing, those have led to the death of women. Exactly. And yet, and yet if you don't embrace those things, you're you're less than. And then men have somehow made it so that, okay, so you're less than a woman, 
if you don't embrace those things. But then I'm going to use those same things to say that you can't advance to the same level as exactly. me. Exactly. And that's and like I, the biggest distraction, I think, that was just hilarious that she's not realizing that she's such a part of this. She's such, such, such a pawn. In... It's such a pawn. And when trans women are the ones that have actually, I feel like, that have, never, have been like, you're so much more than uterus and period. Like, like I cut on these girls, like bitch, come out and and give and and live. And you can like as I saw Beyonce perform, and you know, she's definitely giving. Um, <laughs> can we say Fem Queen? Edit that out. That's like that may be a data term. <laughs> um, but back in the days, days when Brandon and I were younger, it was Fem Queen. For Fem Queen performance, she was given. It was, yeah. it was, and it was a certain level of confidence and a smile in her face, and the way that the other queer people in the community were like, like that was always to me what the relationship was. It was never. Well, Beyonce spiteful. always had Uncle Johnny. She always loved us. And just, just even that, we'll get, we'll have to talk about that because that's that. You know, I mean, that to me, I've never seen a, a a liberation, a celebration, and an homage to people that look like us and people that, um, whether or not you participate in ballroom. It's so, I mean, you, you. there's not one thing that's uninspired about ballroom. I think about like America's Sex Top Model. That's the judges panel. Right. That's you getting your tens. <laughs> American Idol, that's you getting your tens. Yeah, it's so across it's just the like, board, honey. Yeah, so it's just, and then the, the, behind the panel are supposed to be the, the legends icons that score you. But I told this like gay that like, and not to veer off, I want to get back on Jess Hilarious, but it's on my mind because um, I'm going to see her this uh weekend again um that a lot of the gay you know the gays especially the white gays love to give the pop girls all of their flowers mm -hmm. while they're making while they're making fun of us mm -hmm. you know like let's put a drag queen in this video let's do popper like charlie and the girl poppers i'm slut yeah that's it, that's it. Ah, can't ah. make a song longer than two minutes and 26 seconds but like yeah you make fun of the culture <laughs> yeah and then the white gays be like yeah this is for the gays this is like this is for the gays and then it's uh, kim being like this is slut pop and to see like you know beyonce does this transition of love hangover into um uh the the segment where she's about to preface uh the the uh, ball where she gets into America, like just the reference of doing Diana Ross's "Love Hangover," which was such a ballroom song that mm -hmm. the girls walk face, like like an homage with respect, not yeah. making fun of me. Yeah, but the thing is, is that you have to also realize, my queen, my darling, mm -hmm. the Kim Petra song is not about you. So, okay, <laughs> I know that's right, that is, and that's the gospel truth. <laughs> it's not. It's. It's not about you. It, it's about those queens who are, are going up for it and who have those blisters all around their nose from sticking them poppers up in their nose at the club and breaking out. For no reason. Child, why are you putting it all up in your nose like that? You, you're all red and broken out. You're going to need some bio oil. We'll, listen, we'll say a prayer for them. But, you know, I think it all is a symptom of, and I'm glad that you actually mentioned this whole Beyonce thing, because I think it is when people like Beyonce in the mainstream, like the world's biggest star for all intents and purposes, who makes an entire album that is a dedication to her gay black uncle mm. and his era, his way of life and all of these beautiful, like original, these DJs and these awesome people. And you've got T.S. Madison on the album. You've got, you know, all the, like Grace Jones. It's, it's epic. I think when women specifically Black women. And this is why I did not cuss Jess Hilarious out. Yeah. Because 
I can understand why she might feel, damn, we are fighting for this. We're fighting for this equality. We're just now getting our place. And now there's going to be a whole other layer of women that I have to not only compete with, be, you know, just as, you know, exciting as, and fight for that level of equality. Because I think what people fail to realize is that the people who are really coming for you are these motherfuckers who are trying to make y'all have babies when you don't want to have babies and motherfuckers who are out here making legislation to repeal all of your rights. Exactly. Thank you for saying that. It's it's it, niggas got you all fucked up, and that's all the thing that I, and that's the thing that made me mad is you know I don't want to go there and please bleep this out, but I was like y'all over here fighting for both sides when they started doing that. Like I was so upset with Angelica Ross, like posting pictures of her unflattering, and of course I'm upset with Jess. And I was like y'all doing all this so a nigga can have you got and have her got like right. what is the point because you're all gonna end up in the same place anyway and 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 it's just silly to me it's silly because we all know that the roads that y'all traveling down will intersect at some point exactly and both and of your oppression is the intersection and both of your oppression is the intersection and it's just silly to me it's just it's it's sad but it's silly because it's like well, it's funny in a way because it's who's, something who's that we've seen. Who's going to protect us? Who's going to gatekeep us? I was like, not the, not, not the, the people, people you're, you're pandering. For. Yeah, not the people you're pandering to. Because the the the, the men who are in your DMs aren't going to do anything for you. And I think that it's it's what one thing that I've learned, and one thing that my prayer has been, not me getting like religious. My prayer has been since this whole fiasco is that the black woman in America feels cherished and uplifted and seen and respected because this is somebody who needs a therapist. First of all, okay. just hilarious. If you're listening with the K, seek help, not attention. I we had a whole podcast episode about this. Okay. Seek help and not attention. Don't go onto your Instagram live to your 5.5 million followers and talk shit. Because what happens is then people now think you're transphobic, which I don't actually think that she's transphobic. Do I think she's a dumbass motherfucker sometimes and a little bit bigoted? Like a lot of black people, hell yeah. But I blame that on colonialism. <laughs> I you know, can forgive Ramona Singer for being a motherfucking racist. I know. <laughs> I, I I I wish I got to that place. Maybe I'm too bougie and new age. But I just I if I had my like daughter, like I have my cat allure. If I have my human being allure, I I would not tolerate a house where, you know, the the, the things that our ancestors had to go through. I do not tolerate any type of none of that shit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what church you come up. <laughs> I do not care. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, because, no, absolutely not. Where you, you know what? I feel like with Jess. Jess is projecting. And that's the yes. problem. Sorry to cut you off. She's projecting and she's doing the thing that people do in society, which is you take the, what you perceive as the lowest hanging, you, you know, you punch down because it's easy. And and because the society tells you that even though you know this nigga ain't shit, you are defined by the kid that you carry. Right. And and so like you still Oh, and let's feel... talk about that because I think that also has a lot to do when these people are online. They're like, well, I'm a woman. You can never have a period. You could never have a baby. And it's like, well, there's a lot of people who are born biologically female who cannot have kids. Also, and that is so insensitive and rude. Thank you. It's almost when they always talk about queer parents and like, you know, like, oh, this person, you know, a mom and a dad. I was like, you know, do you know how many people like have parents of different sex that have passed away? Like, what is that? Because your dad you know? is a raggedy ass, low down, 
no good motherfucking dog ass motherfucker. And so you want to take your personal issues out. So you try to redeem that love and get that love from all the men that you fuck out here in the streets. And then when they play you like a motherfucking fiddle, now you look over here at the faggots and the punks who have found love in a hopeless place. (laughs) And the faggots and the punks, I told you that treat trade like trade. Why do they think we call them trade? Exactly. We've already told you the rules, but you know what it is, too, that I think is crazy? All these women are sitting here talking about, I have periods, I have babies. Y'all don't want those periods. You hate them. Y'all don't, y'all, you hate them. You hate y'all don't them. want the, y'all don't want to carry these children. You know what childbirth does to women? Yeah. And, yet, and then after and yet, that, and like, yet. the world stops looking at you. I mean, I, all of my girlfriends are having babies right now, so it's just like, but I have seen this happen where it's like the 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 these people who are like their their entire identity has been being a hot girl. I went to college with this woman. Mm-hmm. When I I swear to God, she makes Natalie Portman, Angelina Jolie. Those bitches look like toads. Like she's just naturally so stunning. She's giving white girls. She's white fab bitch girl. gorgeous and. Uh, that's she why I love like have... a Blake Lively, like a Blake Lively. To yeah, me, it's like Blake Lively. Like, like, yeah, you know, right, right. <laughs> just absolutely American bitch. dream, like yes. just, like the girl next door, perfect. Like, and when she had got married and had her kids, I think she started to have an identity crisis because men make you. And let's be honest, when we say men, like the world is run by men. You guys, your issue is not with your trans sister next door. Exactly. exactly. It's not about that. It's about these men who creep into your DMs just hilarious and who proposition you for sex and then say, oh, wait, by the way, I only wanted a transgender person. Instead of finding out whether or not you were transgender first, because that's very easy information to find out about our celebrities on these days. It's also like, what is, like, so that interaction happens and instead of you being like this trash ass nigga, you, you know it's happened get- to her more. It's been happening to her whole life. You know that she's been getting told since she was in school. Oh, you got a deep voice. And she has masculine energy, let's be honest. Like, she has big dick. But, but who told her that? I don't think a transgendered person told her that. Oh, and, that's the, and that's the gag. It's just like, you, you're doing all... It's, it's the Candace Owens of it all to me that is hmm. mind-boggling. It's because it's... I don't mind you being conservative if you didn't do it off of, like, the detriment of us. And in the same... And the same breath, it's like you do all this, you go out of your way to pander to this group and you post your child online and these white men are calling your kid all types of monkeys. Right. And I'm sitting there going, why are you? <laughs> I'm so glad you said Candace Owens because I the whole this whole thing from Dress Hilarious is a, is a pull. Like it's a direct play from Candace Owens' playbook where she takes an, uh, an ounce of truth. Mm-hmm. She gets a soundbite. And mm-hmm. instead of, you know, and Candace, who is actually smart, because mm-hmm. I give her her props there, she probably reads the entire article and then figures out how she's going to be able to navigate her way around the fact that she's only taken six seconds of truth, and now she's making an entire one-hour segment about it. It's Elizabeth Hasselbeck way of uh, absolutely old-school view, old-school view. Absolutely, of, uh... and just hilarious, like, did that. So I'm so glad you brought that up, because I do agree in the way that it's easy to do that. And you know what it is, also, in a, in a lot of ways, it's just, like, a side effect of the age of information mm-hmm. and the age of access to internet and social media and everybody has a voice right so it doesn't matter what you're saying you are going to find some sort of audience i mean look at this podcast Da-doom. um you know you 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 put your voice out there you're consistent with it you're going to have an audience and 
unfortunately for this situation and Jess and her Hulk, because here's the thing, we are in the age of canceling. And unfortunately for Jess, as much compassion, because I'm not going to say I have empathy. I'm going to say I have sympathy for you because mm-hmm. I would never, I don't get it. You're going to get fucked up in a lot of ways because I'm telling you right now, it's a lot of faggots and punks and dykes and all this shit y'all want to call us who was up here in these boardrooms giving you bitches jobs. And they don't want to talk about it because they lived through the 80s and what what the way they survived was by being silent. And I'm not giving these people a, a pass or a break because I just had yeah. one of my mentors on my podcast and I was like, oh yeah, you're old. You you got yeah. some back, you got some backwards ass thinking. Right. So you gotta deal with that, Jess Hilarious. But I wish that you would have been someone with integrity. And someone who used their connections wisely. Because let me tell you something. One thing that I cannot stand, and this is what was happening kind of with Cardi B at first, but she figured it out. You're not in the same place that you used to be at. You have been elevated to a different way of life. You are a a public figure. You have a job and a career and a, a legacy that is determined on how you are perceived. And so when someone like Just Hilarious, you need PR, bitch. You should not have gone on your Instagram live. And you should have texted um, T.S. Madison because T.S. Madison posted, Jess, you and I have disagreed on multiple things, but I have always come to your DMs and you and I have been able to work these things out. But now you want to go public? I'm roasting your motherfucking ass. And that's, and you know what's crazy too? I Maybe it's the cancer in us. I don't like the, like presenting issues with no resolution. And mm. what she did too, to me, that was annoying was like, you can eradicate all transgender people off the world. You're still gonna get the same criticisms because the criticisms right. that you have have nothing to do with transgender Trans people. people. <laughs> so you present, and this is as honestly one of the things, this is this is my crazy thinking, this is why I can't stand racism, is because it's a CC'd email that black people have had to suffer through that we're like, mm. what, do you want, what do you want me to do about this? Like. I've never mm. seen a situation that's just like we've had to endure so much and it's uh, uh, from whatever and we're but it's like our job to fix it. Uh, yeah, like I'm like I don't know what to do bitch. I'm and we what have do you to be level-headed and incremental and we have to be nice about it even though redlining wasn't incremental. I'm not even going to go back to slavery. I, I can I can bring up a bunch of shit that happened in the last 50 years that y'all hoes will shudder. You will shudder. You know, so these these are the kind of things that are going on with us and us as black people. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that because <laughs> people don't understand the challenge of being black and queer in this space is because the Jess Hilariouses are our aunties and our cousins that we love mm-hmm. and we adore. And some of them are our mothers, not my mother, not your mother, but some of them are people's mothers. And I'm not saying that our counterpart doesn't have to deal with that, but it's 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 very it's definitely, I can definitely say that it's just, it's a very black specific experience. Mm. And um, sometimes it's a lot to bear. And my thing is, it's okay for our counterparts to have that same experience, but then they go out into the world and they have the benefit of the doubt. I have to go now into the world and have Mm. to deal with the fucking, because that was my whole issue about growing up in North Carolina. I was like, I have to move. I have to be able to reinvent myself because what I cannot deal with is going out into the world all day and fighting and windmilling bitches all motherfucking day. Mm-hmm. And then I have to come home into my own home and feel like I have to cover up parts of myself. I have to alter the way, you know, mm-hmm. I'm dressing it. I'm not doing that motherfucking shit. And people all still to this day, you don't come home. I'm not coming down there to be around a bunch of motherfuckers who don't even want me there. Yeah. 
I'm sure you'd be happy to see me. I'm sure you would be. But you don't you don't talk about me. You don't ask me how my man is. Y'all like it's people in my family who called me on my birthday and were like, oh my God, I forgot it was your birthday. Well, you should have just not called me. Don't I'm not do thinking it. about you. Yeah, don't do it. And my family members that support me and love me. I'm not talking about you. I have what's up? Family. What's up, fam? We love you, niggas. Um, yeah, but, we love yeah. but it's just a lot. And I think that intersection is um one that has been highlighted this week because I think a lot of the people in those just hilarious comments were black. Like it was the black community really being like, wait a minute, bitch, what did you say? And then a lot of people being like, women are women. <laughs> I know it was just, it was just, I mean, but that's a whole nother, you and I could do a whole podcast about that sort of, you know, our, I'm happy you made that joke about Kim Petrus too. Cause our, you know, because the, the whole point is that our trajectory is not the same as our white, especially white counterpart. And it shows up in, in moments like that. Right. Where, you know, sometimes I feel like the white gays made oppression for themselves in certain situations where it's like, I'm actively trying to <laughs> escape. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I think it is? I think when I talk to people who have lived before me, um, because I'm just so very lucky that my partner has lots of friends who are even older than him and who have lived through many decades and many transitions. And what I've understood is that there's a certain group of people who can transcend all forms of social change just by the way they look, right? And that's mm -hmm. no shade to them. That's no harm to them. Who knows? My kid, my, I'm not having no biological kids. My kid might be a blonde haired, blue eyed, gorgeous, and she will be mine. Okay. The, the, the hair gonna be laid. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be laid. She's gonna know a lot more than a lot of y'all blondies out there, but she's still gonna be a white lady. I don't know. My point is there are certain things that you can use to protect yourself. We've seen it through the, the course of history. Um, people will, you know, change their appearance to survive. But one thing that we in our situation, black people, black people who are LGBTQ in these it's 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 harder to mask and masquerade your way through right you can be as dignified as rich as whatever as you want to be but let you be in a vulnerable position with the wrong people you will still be a nigga yeah and i think people mm. fail to realize that yes i know oprah and beyonce have security around the clock but if you took that shit away, if we were in the end times and we y'all saw what was going on in Ukraine, they was trying to evacuate them people. And them Ukrainian people who was in distress was trying to keep the black people off of the trains from evacuating. Crazy. But it doesn't even take it to a more cultural level because Oprah, as a billionaire, as successful as she is, tells a very famous story about, I think, going into Hermes and not being mm -hmm. able to get a bag. Mm -hmm. And Miss Anna Wintour told Oprah that she has to lose weight to be on the cover of Vogue. And Beyonce, shout mm -hmm. out to Blue Ivy, who literally debuted in Philadelphia, USA. <laughs> shout out to Blue Ivy, who, like, I, Beyonce looked at her daughter and said, shit, let me go pack my shit up because my daughter upstaged me. I always think about Beyonce's the most probably cherished pop star you know, celebrated. And even in that, that did not still stop the media from talking about her daughter in a way that makes me very uncomfortable. Right. And you look at, and I want white people to think about that too. And it's not just, and I want black people too, because let's let's be real. The majority, I, I was very upset to see BET at the time talk about a black toddler like this. Mm -hmm. um, 
but you got to think about how like even even the 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 pinnacle of what you consider the top is still not void of any type of racism, disrespect, sexism, like there's literally no one that's protected. So yeah, Oprah and them would be having all types of security. I'm sure Oprah had mass security in France. You know what that French bag had told her? Mm. I don't know who you are. You could not have this bag. <laughs> exactly. Which is why she told that on her show and she made it into a joke that white women thought were funny, which I did not like. But um, because it helps them deal with their guilt. And here's my here's what I want to people to understand. It's not my job to make you feel guilty. I actually don't care how you feel. I want the best and I want love and I want peace and I want joy for everybody. This goes to just hilarious. And she black and say like me. But what I do not want is that your happiness, your joy and your liberation to come at the expense of mine. I said that that's why, and that's why I think, uh, and we're not going to go too crazy, but that's always been, because you and I are saying the same shit. That's always been the reason why I've never liked Lizzo's position with body positivity mm. because I've always felt it was a way to dilute herself so that that's why white women like her a lot her music is black as fuck hers everything is black as fuck it's it's this I'm just like you shit that she does that makes them feel liberated because her weight is used as a way to dilute her and bring her down for the whole time I'm like Lizzo if you don't get out on that fucking microphone and say I can play this flute and I'm, I'm on the cover of British Vogue yeah you are not yeah i'm not Which one of your like, little listen, friends and everybody's different everyone talks their shit differently like we can't all be city girls also the city girls not on the cover of vogue so they wouldn't be able to say that but i can see <laughs> see how the girls see this is what's happening now now the hood bitches are now turning into like cardi b i think really just and the new age cardi mm. b set a new tone my bronx baddie was in mugler couture and now I mean, we have the girls and and and, and like just, JT were John Paul Gaultier archive Honey. to the BET Awards. I said, we are now the BET Awards. Age. The girls don't even pull out real clothes for the BET Awards. JT said, let me just give you some light work. John Paul Gaultier archive. Yeah, and so I think that this whole conversation just really goes to, and we're going to move on to the next fool. Yeah, but the next. We're not trying to, we as LGBTQ people, we're not trying to take anything away from anybody else. And I think that also goes to speak for any marginalized community. Women in the workplace are not trying to take shit away from you. They just Never. want to be able to live life. Black people yeah. mm -hmm. are not trying to take over the world. There's not enough of us to do it. And also, we don't have any interest. This is not Kill Bill. Yes. I don't care. Like, you can you have your We just don't want you to think that I'm supposed to be your fucking maid. Yes. And you know what? Shout out. Uh, 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 you know, this is how I feel. Just pr praying for protection, mental protect whatever for jess and everybody because that's that's not what we are about we want that's at least you and i that's not what we stand no. for and i don't stand for making fun of people's looks i don't stand for any of that because that's not at the core what we are about that's why i was very upset as i mentioned earlier with the dialogue earlier because that's just not and we don't have to make fun of the way she because also just Lairs is pretty she's just like every other girl without bundles y'all think these girls out here all look like that that's money Again, the aesthetic, <laughs> the aesthetic, the aesthetic, the aesthetic, the aesthetic, the aesthetic, it all goes full circle because now niggas got you fucked up because now they are the ones that are looking at a certain group of people and setting the standard and they're looking mm -hmm. at you like, why don't you have a bust down? And why don't you have right. the exclamation point nose like Raven? Why right. don't you have? And they're like, I, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where I think 
it's only going to take time and um love takes time like mariah says but one thing that i can speak straight to the black people at her you got to get that hate out your heart i'm telling you right now and i get it because i think a part of the social climbing in these in this country especially we're so young you can see it in sort of other places where certain groups that are also minorities take mm -hmm. a certain place in society and they're like okay well we're going to make sure that the other people stay where they're at because the way black people will treat a lat a, la a latino person oh chow listen because it has been done to you does not mean you need to do it to other people like i told my husband oh because you had to pay your student loans you think i gotta pay mine <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly because you've had to play for your broccoli rob doesn't mean i have to pay for mine and i want to set a shrimp right so we want to spread love and, sh and sides of shrimp <laughs> and sides of shrimp and we just want to let everyone know that like listen sweetie you're valued you're important no one can take who you are away from you so you don't need to make these clapback statements you don't need to you don't need to we because the thing about blackness too is and if something happened to Jess, we all fight in. Right. And that's if my something point happened too. to T.S. Madison, we all fight in. Like, but that's and, the thing that we're not. When it comes well, to Black Lives a, Matter, yeah, 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 because yeah, when y'all yeah, men who treat y'all dirty and you and, and I, you and I, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, you and I. But, they get uh -huh. shot down in the street. The trans girls are the ones protesting and organizing. Always. Always. Queen Jean. Always. Okay. Always. Always. They're, they're the ones who are out here, who are out here advocating for you. Mm -hmm who are on the fucking front lines. And so it's really sad to see that you don't even dignify these as human beings enough to understand all they want to do is be seen. And it really, it, it throws me for a loop when black people don't understand equality issues. Cause I'm like, sweetie, oh, y'all must've been going to school down there in Florida where they teach all that alternate education. But you know what? We'll keep it right on moving along because you know what? CNN has let us know that a music video for the controversial Jason Aldean song that has received both backlash and support has been shortened by a few seconds. Now, the original video shows Aldean singing, I got a gun that my granddad gave me. They say one day they're going to round up. Well, that shit might fly in the city. Good luck. Try that in a small town. Before footage from a Fox News station is seen with the, oh, state of emergency declared in Georgia across the screen now listen a lot of shit has been talked about this song try that in a small town a lot of people have been saying it's like a sundown town song i'm from the south i don't know if it's a sundown town song okay that's a little bit extreme so y'all giving these conservatives a little bit of fucking ground to stand on because you're like going a little bit too far now what i do think he's saying is we used to have order law and order around these motherfucking parts we used to keep people in their fucking place because of course there's like some black lives matter um shit involved so that state of emergency declared in georgia was from the black lives matter protests and this is where these people really start to piss me off because y'all will go after a hockey game and burn down an entire city Girl, the, the Phillies, the Phillies won. Yeah, but when the <laughs> Eagles won the the thing, they were over here parkouring all over the city. It's not even that. I always find that shit so weird to me because, like, it's don't strange. try that shit. It's 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 strange because it's it's like this. I've never understood the conservative um, invasion. I'll say invasion. Mm -hmm. 
because the whole point of when I explain your privilege and your agency is that you don't have to deal with me. Right. And you purposely go out of your way to put yourself in situations where you have to deal with me. You know, I think somebody said, maybe it was like a podcaster. I want to give them credit. It'll come to me. But they were talking about how like in this world, like if I wanted to be a CEO and I'm a black man, I want to be a CEO, I have to work for a white man. Mm -hmm. But a white man does not have to ever Mm -hmm. work for a black person or a person of color in any like or interact a, a white man can literally you know have children marry his wife and never have to learn anything about pronouns or gender or all these things and so it's mind-boggling to me when people like this break their necks to be assholes as if to say that like those um protests were stopping your bag which they were never those protests uh if it wasn't for the Black Lives Matter protest, I would have had a Clive Davis record deal and mm. I would have had the body. No, we've never had anything to do with also, this trajectory. Like, we, we, listen, the, the song details several tropes, you know, like try busted into a school, you know, like it's all about this stuff. Like you can't get away with that in a small town. And I'm like, sweetie, Uvade, Texas was a small town. And what did y'all do? What did y'all conservative police men and police women persons do i've never understood Y'all waited outside exactly you waited outside now does that happen in every small town no i lived next door to a police officer family for many years growing up who were black i even if they weren't black i so listen i police are people whatever but let's just be honest let's look at statistics nine times out of ten <laughs> jason aldean this one's for you and your non-existent neck because you look like the Michelin man. Oh, and not in the sexy way. Because he got No, you look like the Michelin man who has not who should be recalled from the, the damn um store counters because why are you so pink and red like that? It makes me nervous for him, darling. Maybe he's having a reaction. He needs to go speak to uh, King Charles doctors about that. But we'll give him a milk moisturizer. We'll give him a milk moisturizer <laughs> and some SPF 35 for someone who walks out in public. Now, Jason. We have tried all the things that you said don't try in a small town and they still go on, okay? Now, what this is why people are starting to say that it's like this vigilante racist song because it's really saying, keep your people in check. Keep your black people in check. Keep your minorities in check. Keep your cops in check. This is the crazy part. I've worked in kitchens in my heyday and I've seen chefs bitch at a sous chef because he not did not put the right garnish on a dish right. and literally have that man leave the, the the station and bitch him out because what he said was you all represent me and or rather we are all a collective and when you fuck up it makes me look bad so when you don't plate that right when this doesn't come out at the right temperature, it makes all of us look bad. So I'm going to stop this shit dead in its tracks. You make sure that that meat is up to temperature. You make sure you put the right garnish. It's not how we plate the plates. I've seen it with my own eyes. You'll be literally letting cops kill kids with candy bars. And instead of saying, if you think cops are so spat, if you think that cops are so doing the Lord's work, I would think, I would be like, yo, I'm over here doing DV cases making sure kids get to school and y'all here fucking shooting random people just because it's making what i do right but you know that, that it has nothing but they don't to do, do that, that. And it, it has nothing to do with that it has everything to do with and it holding does, up and a certain way of life 
where that doesn't even affect you. Yeah, because also let's be honest, Jason Aldean, sweetie, how many of your good old boyfriends have beat their wife up, have hit somebody on the side of the road, and they got it covered up? Exactly. It's always like this. And I bet you believe that you go through his phone, there's probably a little BBC uh text. So let's look let's look at some of the, <laughs> the, the lyrics to the song because he's very pointed. Okay, it's set. It starts with sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk, carjack an old lady at a red light, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. Y'all think it's cool? Well, act a fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think you're tough? Well, try that in a small town. See how far you make it down the road. Around here, we take care of our own. You cross that line, it won't take long for you to find out. I recommend you don't try that in a small gown what got a gun that my granddad gave me they said one day they're gonna round who they gonna round up is what i want to find out let's unpack this because uh the butterfly album uh by mariah carey he's not okay i thought this was gonna give you know <laughs> it was twilight on it's the a threat this song is a threat this song but is it's saying... a threat he's also describing his cousins which makes this cracking me up <laughs> The whole time I was like, isn't that your cousin Tyler? I know him. He gets a big goal. That's Tyler the best Aldean. Yeah, Tyler it's Aldean. Tyler. I saw him cussing at the liquor store owner last week. <laughs> and you know what it is? Tyler's probably the nicest cousin too. He's, he's right. always like, he's like, Jason, you smell good. I'm like, thank you. Um, you describing your people. I was like, I don't know no niggas that did all that. I know a bunch of your cousins that have done that, darling. And it's also I, I, like on a daily basis, are people like Stomping on flags and lighting them up. You're specific. This is why people think it's about Black Lives Matter protests, because well, also there was footage from one in the fucking video that they had to take out. But these lyrics are very pointed. Um. Also, if we listen to the song further down the the line, it says, "Oh, is this part two on the run? Oh, full Lord. of good old boys raised up right. If you're looking for a fight, try that in a small town. Try the full." Of good old boys raised up right. That is the lyric that really, I'm from North Carolina, y'all. It's triggering. You know exactly what that means, but it's You're so not about weird. to tell me this song is not about some fucking, he is a part of the generation who stopped calling themselves Klansmen and start calling themselves conservative because they used to be proud of that motherfucking shit. Well, let's unpack what Klansmen were doing. Klansmen were never threatened. Klansmen were never, um, you know, like it was never a rebellion group. To my knowledge, it's always been random people that were like, oh, brown people, let's fuck up their lives. And brown people were like, do you have to? Like, While hiding behind a facade. And this is the part about the Klan and this whole shit that really- Speak just, it, speak it. Which really yes. th throws me because y'all want to get mad about people who are using their constitutional rights out here protesting peacefully. If there were no police at those protests, those protests would not have gotten violent. You're not talking about the aggressors here. And you want to talk about these situations, but when we get really into the nitty-gritty about good old boys raised up right, like, these are the people that you guys are worried about. Like, you guys do this fucked up shit behind a hood for 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 hundred like let's say like we can give it a hundred two hundred years documented because it's still happening 
under the, the guise of these fucking neo-Nazi groups where they're now taking on these clan mentalities and they're covering their faces and going to drag brunch with guns and standing outside to intimidate people because the clan used to light up people's houses and just stand in my their grandmother, yard. My grandmother, yes. And you know what's crazy to me that it's 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 all elective. No one asked you to do this. You were never in a threat. You have the audacity to cover your face. That always gets me because I think if you're such a proud boy, you would listen. I would have my cheekbones out, baby. Like this yeah, is what I'm trying to. Out there. I would have. Mm-hmm. But the gag is, is you know, white supremacy obviously affects minorities or marginalized people, but it also, you know, imagine this is what I want, especially younger, specifically white men, to get at. You're. The, the the Uncle Jason Andinas and of those people are spending more time invading our spaces than cultivating you. Their own. Their own. And that's crazy to me. And I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to go on record on the icon, Brandon. Ow, the mother ow, of the house. Ow. The mother of state. Ow, ow. Ah, <laughs> what, 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 what's that? Um, <laughs> I... I'm going on record, I would never do a housewives. I would never do any of that because if I deem you as beneath me and I deem you as something, somebody that I don't want to converse with, I'm not doing lunch with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying you any attention. I'm not giving you any of my energy. And it's amazing how I'm supposed to be at the bottom of the barrel and you made a song instead of talking about your mother and make right. a beautiful, so uh, make a beautiful, um, uh, uh, an homage Voice. to how great America is, you know. Uh, like, homage you're to your, your pretty wife, you know, giving me a good ballad. You're talking about my black ass. You're talking about my black ass. I'm at the thought. I'm at the front of your brain for no reason. When you could have been giving a platform to why did okay put it this way, you are a major country star. Why didn't you uh spotlight let's say a, a becoming country white artist and put him as a the uh lead guitarist on the track. Why are you going out of your way to spotlight a situation that does not even affect you? And when's the last time you lived in a small town, Jason Aldean? Because we we know you own wife number two. Wife number two? Because oh. the conservatives have been in his ass too about the fact that like, oh, you got some nerve to talk about this shit when you have had an affair. That's how it always is. And listen, church, church is, is, is everywhere the same <laughs> all of our people go they said the you can't thing. be racist unless you are monogamous <laughs> they said you can't be racist and you cheated on faith you he was cheated married on to his faith. high school sweetheart and he cheated on her with his current wife who he clearly is probably supposed to be with like not the rachel you shouldn't not marry someone when you're 17 but anyway you know jason aldean has been in the press and we're just going to send a prayer for him because he needs help he needs guidance honestly i i'm sending a prayer like i have no i maybe because you and i are very you know you're very blessed you're very rich you're very gorgeous <laughs> i'm mother of rich with drag period i don't like i don't care like you do you bitch get all your gold plaques like you know have fun get all your gold it. plaques but you know what's crazy about us? Like, we really don't give a fuck. Like, we're just literally like, do you, bitch? Like, do you, do shit? Oh, and that's like, like, honestly, the Southern way. Like, for me, I'm going to, you know, when I say bless your heart, I'm going to say a prayer for you. That just really means that you're dust to me. Exactly. You... That's your way of being like, cool. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I'm I'm like, but listen, we don't need nothing bad to happen to his family. We don't no. need nothing bad to happen to him. I hope he can afford his wife's fillers and I hope he can keep her Botox fresh so that he can still be attracted to her because she's about to get to that age when she might age out. 
And I right? I, I, I have a feeling that her <laughs> taste in bags aren't that great. So that's when you and I step in. Oh, of course. I do not, and let me tell you something. She, I can already hear you bitches being like, your man is old. You might have aged out too. I believe in the injections and I believe in all that shit, just like Jason Aldean's wife. Okay. And when he loses his sight, I will gain a Botox injection. And listen, don't sleep on Brandon's husband because you know what it's given real, you know. The, listen, when the lights turn down, <laughs> honey, when the lights are turned up, I got to fight that man off. Um, <laughs> let's go somewhere and get it. On no, I'm very tonight. lucky, I'm very blessed, and I realize this. And you know, I but our blessings don't impede on anybody else. I that's I, all I, I want people to understand because I can mm-hmm. e- equate this to let's be real, I live in a small town. Is it a very recognizable, very famous small town? that, you know, a very epic music festival was at. Yes, do lots of cool people live around here? Yes. Is it still a small town? It's still small. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. when I understand the kind of differences that a small town can have and how, you know, everybody kind of knows everybody. He's talking about a town where ain't nobody Black. There's the other side of the tracks. Mm -hmm. The only time then people come from the other side of the tracks is to clean his house. And you know what? I don't have the energy to convert these kind of people. Because if y'all believe in Jesus Christ, the way you think you do, when you wake up in hell. And nothing in the Bible is about racism. Let's get When you wake up in hell for all the hate that you had in your heart for the years and years that you went through being hateful. Being from the South too, you know it's hot already. Why would you want to go to hell on top of that? You're going to hell. You and I That's are air conditioned girls. Because you, you're going to hell. Because you and I are <laughs> going to go to heaven with the AC. Yes. And Charo. And Tina Turner. And 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 over here with um Freddie Mercury's. Y'all don't understand. I And Mother Whitney. The, yes, honey. I went I went to about three to six church services per week, whether it was 8 a.m. service on Sunday, 11 a.m. service, and then we would have Saturday school. We had Sunday school. We had choir practice. We had Wednesday night Bible study. I was filled with the Holy Ghost five baptized. I would read a chapter of the Bible once a month until Mm. I read the entire Bible. You will not be able to come to me with any of your bullshit. So when you people come to me with anything but love, because if Jesus Christ, and I did not come here to preach, but I'm going to preach. I have a fan somewhere. Fan me, baby. If Jesus Christ kept his discipleship (laughs) among the worst of the worst, do y'all know the story of Paul? He was Saul at first. He was a murderer. He was a he was a adulterer. He was a a, a backslider, a lion, cheating son of a. And people think all this while it's because Jesus wouldn't change these people. No, Jesus went and met these people where they were and showed them what they could be. And so the next time I hear you, Jason Aldeans and y'all motherfuckers talking about, oh, yeah, yeah. Because also one thing that you don't hear about in this song about a small town is anything about Jesus. So let's just be honest. Y'all don't give a damn about that shit. Y'all want a certain way of things. And I'm here to tell you, it's never going to happen. But the things that they argue about, and I don't want to harp on it, it's just, I, again, the cancer in me, talk about something with a resolution. You, I can, I, all the Black people in your town can die tomorrow. We don't want that. You're still going to be broke. Mm-hmm. You're still going to look the way you do. Right, you're still going to be ugly. Because I can tell you're, you one thing: this country and you're does not still going to be in you. me and Brandon's DMs. 
You're still going to be in our DMs because as it always is. And we'll talk about it later. Right, because the way I found my is. man, a lot of y'all motherfuckers wanted me first. And I just had to tell y'all, no, thank God I have dignity. Um, But before that's we move of, on. That's the name of the EP. Dignity. Before dignity. we move on, because we want to talk about fun things before we leave. Before like we Roni. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this to these people. When I, I did a job once in Arkansas. Arkansas, where's that located, darling? Um, Arkansas is located in the middle of the United States, and it is nothing to write home about. I'm not gonna lie, but I understood when it, I was in Arkansas in 2018. I want to say 2017, 2018. Okay, so this is right before we had our 44th president, and it was a quite a, con- a contentious election, if you don't remember. <laughs> But I remember going to this place and talking to the locals and they said, well, you know, Hillary Clinton never came here because the place I was working in Arkansas was like a very liberal enclave. It was like a little bubble. And they go, Hillary Clinton never came here, but Donald Trump made a point to come here. And everything he said to the people at his rallies was lies. Yeah. But they had no one else to talk to them, to reach out to them, to care about them. And so I understood why these white people who live in these rural areas are gobbling up and they've been planted with all the racism has been in their family for, since the beginning, since they was got where they was at. Let's be real. Which That's is not sus- just some new invention because y'all like to pretend like, oh, no, well, my family would never. No, they would. And they have. Yeah, the, it, the writing's it, on the wall. Just get over it. Bill mm-hmm. Belichick is still in trouble about that shit. So I can see these people thinking, oh, well, all I see on television right now are these transgenders, even though it's just Laverne Cox. <laughs> you know. Thank you. I was like, you mean the same like mainstream girl? Like this isn't like like you you have no problem with the Kardashians, but like Laverne, who's like working and like right. like. And you know, I don't give anyone a pass, but my brain can understand how these people in these certain spaces can be misled into thinking that their enemy is the this person their enemy is the that person no the obama election made a lot of sense to people because when you when you see someone that is supposed to be beneath you and your grandparents told you that they're supposed to be beneath you and that you know like unfortunately they told you these group of people are supposed to be inferior to you but he's a harvard grad and mm-hmm. his lawyer wife who's gorgeous and articulate they're looking at them like i don't sound like that I don't look like that. Right. I don't really you know. So and black people must have made it. But black people must there have must made it. There must be no problem. <laughs> must be no problem. But it's also like crazy because as I, white supremacy hurts everybody. Hurts everybody. There were laws that prevented them from getting to the space that they are. What's mm-hmm. your excuse? And I think that might be a lot of the issue that people are dealing with. What's your excuse? Because it's like, yeah, what is your excuse, sis? Just hilarious. You don't even want this. This goes for everybody who has a bigoted mind, a bigoted heart. Because you can be black, white, green, and blue to do that. What's your excuse? What's your excuse? You why know, you mad, sis. Jason Aldean. What's why you mad? I can't you got get a second over bride. You got a whole. You know, you got your gold that, records. That you made a track like that as if it was going to the longest running number one single was Mariah and Boys to Men <laughs> about a gorgeous ballad. And who replaced them was a faggot and a country music star. And you didn't look at both of those situations and say, 
why do I be a progressive person that makes a beautiful ballad and I will too <laughs> enjoy my Grammys? You over here giving Iggy Azalea raps. Right. Over yeah. here talking about don't come to a small town. I do that, I do that, I do that, do that. Yeah. Oh. No, no. And also I want you to find and so your neck. you so you find your neck. And so you know what? I'm gonna ask one of the dolls. We've got to do the uh, to a small town. Da, da, to a small town. Oh my god, you have to. You will literally go viral. Don't come around here. Don't come around here. Good old boys. Always raise right. Y'all good old boys used to getting away with shit. Y'all ain't raised right. Did you know who was raised right? Every Us, single maybe? person who is a cast member on The Real Housewives of New York reboot. Exactly, exactly. And I told her, I said, ma'am. Ma'am? Hey, ma'am. <laughs> I was telling my girlfriend this, um, that like, you know, because Bethany had recently did a meetup with Jill. And I went on the record to say that, um, and uh, our good friend Zell agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> that I was always team Jill on that um that whatever argument that they had, that little situation that they had, because I'm really loving th this. This to me feels, as a New Yorker, this to me feels more in line with, of course it's contrived, aligned with what the city represents. And Kate Casey um, went on, I think maybe Carlos podcast, Carlos King. Um, yeah. I, I had to do the obligatory that's my older auntie, so I have to be nice and clench my teeth. But um yeah, and she got she got she looks nice. She, she looks nice. And yeah, yeah, the t-shirts look steamed. But the whole point is Kate Casey was like the best franchises are when the wives represent. Yes. Like the so I think that's why Beverly Hills to me is one of the best because I think the people are like exactly the archetypes, I think. But New York was never really that girl because it was never. It was one be... neighborhood. Also, it was it was a bunch of ladies was... lived in one neighborhood. And this is why I was so happy to talk about this, and I, this is why I can't stand the Ebony ruin this and this because what you're referencing isn't New York. It was never that. It was Manhattan moms, and it was Jill that started it. And Jill found all the other girls, right. and then just happened to like Bethany, and then brought Bethany on. And they were neighbors, you guys. They were all Upper East Side This is moms. 80, 82nd to 86th in Madison Park and Lex. Places that I cannot get a... I used to work over there and I could not get a cab yes. to my house on 95th, just across the park. That's why and, I had a scooter. Because I was like, I'm not going to deal with not being able to get a cab. It's making me mad. It's making me like absolutely insane. Yes. And the thing that pisses me off is when people are talking about, oh, we miss the old Roni. The old Roni that you're talking about isn't even New York. Those bitches don't represent New York. They never did. And that's why. Ramona it was called Singer Manhattan. would never in a million fucking years be allowed into Casa Cipriani, bitch. And Thank as a matter you. of fact, they just banned. Um, actually, I'm going to pull up the press release because Casa Cipriani just banned the Real Housewives of New York. And the I can assure you that... Um, it's because well, I'm sure Cy or Brand, because honestly, it's just about money, um, had a membership at Casa Cipriani, and they were just like, no, this is actually for, I'm actually going to read you this statement because it's really fucking funny. Is it a key? So Radar Online has it. Um, Casa Cipriani has said, um, what have they said? They, we don't want your kind. Well, they just. The ghetto. I'll just read you the whole thing. 
According to Radar Online, the revamped Real Housewives of New York um, are already causing issues because fancy Manhattan private club Casa Cipriani has booted the season 14 cast members in a desperate attempt for the members-only club to restore its mojo. Sources spill that the facility doesn't want to be known as a hangout for D-list celebrities, <laughs> um, but rather a getaway for the industry's most elite. And they refer to Taylor Swift... Okay, the high-profile establishment is allegedly begging for Taylor Swift to come back and to bring back the A-list society it was once known to keep. So, you know, I think that's really funny, and it definitely just goes to show you, like, this level of housewife, because, like, yeah, no, those ladies would never, they would, like, they were going to the Regency Hotel Bar, which, like, anyone could walk up to the Regency Hotel Bar. The Plaza Hotel Bar. But you know what's crazy? Like, not to go on a deep end, but like when Bethany had posted that her reconciliation with Joe, I was like, you, you, the reason why I thought you were a chop is because Housewives is a fake space and mm -hmm. allows for people to excel. That's why Nini, even though she's very impactful, excels in this realm and thinks she's the HBIC and then she goes into other realms and, and she cannot probably, and she yeah. can and so that's why she can't ever divorce herself the way that Bethany's doing the same thing. Because what Bethany is conflicted with is Who are you without Housewives though? But also, I can't stand even like I have friends that are like, oh, we missed the old New York. No, New York that you think you're referencing is Georgina Bloomberg, Gloria mm. Vanderbilt, Fabiola Barracasa. Who would Veronica never do Hurst. a show like this. They would never do a show like this. That's why when Tinsley Mortimer came onto the show, I said, whoa. Right. Because that was our generation, Brandon and I's generation. That was one of the originators of the It Girl. Yeah, and I'm from, I'm from the South. She's from Virginia. Yes. That money is long. Long. Which is I why remember, it didn't make sense when they were like, well, where do you get your money? Did it? I was like, Dorinda, you got your money from your dead husband. She got her money from her fucking shipping, slave-owning, whatever, fucking Mortimers. Are you kidding? That's plantation money. But the thing is, but I will say, I, I, I don't know how you felt about it, because you're, you're, but I remember when Tensley came on, I said, oh, they're about to go back to the original kind of like, inception the concept of it because that tinsley is that girl like tinsley she's really a woman can, who will never have to work she will uh, one of parties. the originators of it yeah. girl one of the especially you and i's generation like the, well she had her own reality show before any of those girls did so it's just interesting to in the see... intersection of like paris hilton because the whole thing yeah. is la is very different paris hilton was a new york society girl and she went to nightingale banford and she you know but the whole thing is she lived her life like an la kind of like right. party girl because yeah. she grew up very new york because new york is all about refinement so i don't like this sort of like oh we miss those girls new york because like nah you like sonia doesn't represent like ramona doesn't represent like but those people who who are asking that, I'm like, you are also definitely not from there. <laughs> no. As yeah, Brent and you, I are New York girls, we know you you don't realize that like the rich people like don't need to live on the Upper East Side, and that's why when I met these girls, they and I would was like, never. oh. Aaron Leachy lives in Tribeca. Jessel yes. lives in, in Soho. Jenna hey. Lyons. That's the girls that, and I was talking to my best friend earlier. And I was like, what do you think? She's like, oh, what do you think about the, you know, Real Housewives of New York reboot? And I was like, oh, I love it. They all look like girls that I would hang out with. And she goes, exactly. yes, they look like girls that you, and she was like, specifically you, because she would hate all these kind of, she's like, they look like they're all friends with you. And I was like, just you wait and see. But that's, <laughs> but let's speak to you, because you and I are New York girls. That was the essence of New York. Remember when KKT said the girls that, like, you, Ramona doesn't impress me. 
No. I would say the only wife that did it was Dorinda had enough respect in the circle because you know she's she's transcended upon you know this she's inspired sex in the city wrote a character about her right she's she's one of the girls that i actually like dorinda because dorinda represented the intersection of batshit delusional crazy but when push comes to shove i'm mrs medley and i'm you know charity and she was that until she her was husband that. died i would have loved yes. to have seen her on the show with her husband alive and it, and it looks like she was that girl it looks like she was that girl and that's um, what I and I love that and I and I mm-hmm. I'm you know yeah Dorinda was probably one of the only ones and maybe like Carol Radziwill if um, Carol Radziwill wasn't trying to be Carrie Bradshaw she would be exactly. you know <laughs> like why are you wearing fingerless gloves to the coffee shop what are we doing Will and I actually well, saw Car- um, Carol Radziwill out with that boy boy lol but I can call him a boy because it was so funny because I said oh my god babe it's like it's us because Carol is the same Ooh. age as Will and I'm the same age as what was his so, name Aiden Lu- Adam, Adam. said, Luann said, Carol, you're a pedophile. Oh, girl, she was mad because she wasn't getting that old, nice, young dick. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss Luann is giving like 80 supermodels. She looks very good, she but you're right. Great. She was, she was salty. She was salty, salty, salty. She was but, so mad. But like, uh, again, look at that. A uh, Luann is a joke. Luann would be the laughing stock of New York society. You are calling yourself a countess, and your man's fucking this fucking Somali princess. Because everyone while, knows. Yes, and you're over and here. She's telling, actually a princess. That's the thing. Yeah, and you're and you're telling cab drivers that you're telling Bethany to have cab drivers address you as the countess. Like you would not be sitting at this table, and that's why I like this new reboot because it's just like the New York that you got was never really on. Actually, I will go on the record to say that out of all the franchises, that's been the happy accident that's always been off. Yeah, when I think of New York Power Women. And I worked in fashion and I work in nightlife. Those women don't come to mind. I said Dorinda's the only one that's closest to it because Dorinda's on the intersection. I don't think of Aaliyah. I don't think of Ramona. I don't think of a Luann. I am to this day. Yeah. To this day. No, but, and that's no shade to Leah. I know she's listening. It's, it's just like, and Leah should know this as a girl that's I'm sure she you know, raised in New York. She knows definitely who the girls were, the power girls back when she was younger. I like, think Leah would have honestly done better in this kind of a dynamic. She would. She would understand because it's New York society is different than LA society. You know, New York is about prestige, and that's why I say it's the Veronica Hurst of it all. It's the Fabiola Berka. It's those girls that mm-hmm. you want to. You see them at the charity. You see them at the step of repeats. It's the subtle black dress. You have no idea it's due but right. it's Dior, you know, and, and they're not out here to. They're they're doing their their slopes in the bathroom, and they're powdering their nose. After which, you can't see that they're red in the face from all the like. It's a different level of. It's a different level of drugs, like partying, and, and yes. money. It's like they mm-hmm. don't need you to know they're rich. They they know it. Yes, <laughs> it's a different level of debauchery that New York was supposed to capture. Like that's why it's just like. Mm. These girls, they really have hit it. They've hit it out of the park really, really well. What I want to do, because I don't like want to recap these two episodes, but I'm going to go through all the cast members and I'm going to ask you. Okay. If they're going to pass or if they're going to fail, like, do you think they're going to be around? Actually, let's, let's make it more specific because I did a recap last week with Simone Fluker. And if anyone cares, we're doing another one. It's going to be out tomorrow. Shout out to Simone. Simone, yeah. Um, Let's do, do you think this person is A, a legend, B, a one-season housewife, or C, a happy accident? 
We're going to start with Cy De Silva. Um, Cy has the potential to be a legend if Cy doesn't try hard, which she's mm-hmm. doing. And Cy is an interesting person because she, I think, she was casted as a response to that um, drama with the girl who got kicked off. Well, we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, no, I think that Cy represents a, a lot of. The inner what makes New York beautiful. Afro Latina girl grew up in Flatbush, married some white nigga, and then you know managed to live a life that she that is is, is fabulous and an influencer. But and she's now she's still, in charge and he's retired, supporting right, you know, like looking after. And her. then she still gives me like, don't cross me. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you all the way together. And I think she could really be. Um, you speak. You guys speak alike. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We she could really be the girl. Um, when she gets a little bit more comfortable and she's not trying to put on. I hate when the girls put on housewives and she's in that stage of putting on as a housewife, but she has the the potential to be one of the one of them ones. So I actually will say, what was the second? Like she is, she could be a legend. Yeah, so she's she's a legend. I agree with you. I think that we're going to get to our season two. And she represents New York to me. Like uh-huh. uh, new age New York, yeah. We'll get to our season two. And I think we're going to probably lose a couple of girls, but I think Sai is going to be the one that sticks in. And I think there's a difference between her, who's like putting on for the cameras a little bit, trying to find her way, and people like Bryn Whitfield, who are putting on for the cameras, and we're like, we don't want to get to know you for real. This is fine. (laughs) So I'm going to go on a limb, because I know that a little bit of the fan reaction to her has been... I've seen people that like her energy. I've seen people... I don't, she reads more Vanderpump rules than she does. Um, is that an age counselor. thing? Like she's, she's reading a little. No, it's not, not age. It's not age. It's just, she just give. it's a certain, ironic, I want to say immaturity, but like she looks like she left, I left my card in the cab. Like that's her energy. And it's like, and you didn't leave your card in the cab. You just want attention. You just want attention. <laughs> and I feel like, she's i said this about robin um dixon from potomac and that because we've been you know immersed in so much uh reality tv that when i feel like i'm seeing uh, a story that's been told i'm not interested and that's why i felt like with robin and the whole shit with juan i was like there's a whole franchise called basketball wise about eight shit basketball niggas like whatever you got to tell me ain't nothing new Right. So that's why all this surrounding drama that you're having with this shit is annoying because like, oh, your man cheated on you. Great. There's a whole show about this. Right. Um, and Bryn reminds me of that where like she's not telling a story that I, hasn't been told already. So I'm not interested in her at all. There's nothing that she's like bringing to the table. It's crazy that she's a mixed race woman. And I'm not saying you have to wear that shit on your sleeve, but it's just crazy that like, like, like she's just like, I don't want to go to catch. Mm, like, like she's not giving me anything. And yeah. I just, I, like, it, she reminds me of a Sonya and that, like, Sonya has the meat and potatoes to give a storyline, but she has never given us anything. And I just, I've been wanting Sonya to get off this show forever because I'm just like, <laughs> that's so funny because I'm obsessed with Sonya. I'm obsessed with the trajectory. Of, I'm obsessed with the trajectory. You married a JP Morgan Chase and you literally are out here, like, like, Evelyn Lozada has a better life than you, you know? And I'm trying to figure out what the fuck went on in that relationship but she never talks about it she's very elusive about that shit she never talks about her kid can't be on camera she never talks about how you married the bank but somehow you're bankrupt 
But you're not. And, that's the thing, though, because if you have noticed, all of those financial issues have disappeared, haven't they? And now we're not talking about them. And Sonia has not sold her townhouse. No, she did. She did sell her townhouse, didn't she? She did, actually. No, I'm lying. She had a new apartment on the last season that she was on. I'm on this circle, I think. But no, I just feel like... Or she was renting it or something. Brynn is not telling me anything interesting in the way that I find Aaron a little bit more annoying but compelling. Well, let's move on to Aaron because I... Okay, so Brynn is not a legend. You think she might be like a, a two-season a two season housewife and she might be done. Brynn reminds me of Ashley Darby. Well, listen... Ashley Darby is going nowhere. So listen, I, me personally, I think Brynn is a hit. I think Brynn is going to have to get cussed out by somebody. Like someone's mm -hmm. going to have to be like, you need to stop being a fake bitch. Because it's not working. I just, I don't know. Maybe, I, I think if maybe I've never seen reality TV before and she came on my screen, but I just, I've, I felt like I've seen her before. And Oh, I, I love know. it. It's the facial expressions. It's the over the top. It's the knowing that she's making it all up like this bitch is just here to turn a trick like we're but a trick problem with me it. is that like i like it when there is either you go on full dorit or you go on mm. dorenda where it's like dorit is giving full drag and i love it because dorenda puts the, like dorit puts so much energy into her drag performance and not knowing the lyrics to her song. Like she's so convinced, <laughs> like she's so like she's so dedicated to it, you know? And whereas, and we we can appreciate camp, because that's what that is. Of course. Whereas, and then a Dorinda successful, like I said, she's the intersection where like I remember one day she's walked down the street and she had this like over her oversized burka that had been worn, because she's had it forever. And she looked at walked past her brown zone. She was just like, "Oh, they changed the doors." It was like a, one of those transitional scenes, and she happened to be wearing this Alexander McQueen like uh, sweater thing. And I was like, "That's some rich bitch energy." Like yeah. walk past your house, and with your worn American uh, Ashley Birkin. <laughs> <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing more iconic than like a, a a Birkin bag that has been nearly destroyed. It's because like, wow, said, you have gone through it with this bag. No, because what the girls are telling you is, this, no, this is my everyday bag. You bitches get this right out from the store in Switzerland and want to go to, like, I this is what up my groceries in, bitch. Do yeah, and like, shout you know, out to Nicole um, in Woodstock who has a million dollar bag collection, but she has a Birkin and she goes, well, I got this bag because I was a working woman. Yeah. I was one of the only working women. I grew up on 14th Street and... Uh, I, I I stayed in New York City, and she in her bag. I mean, it's like she. I I just saw her the other day at our local restaurant, one of the local restaurants. And she's had the cute little Marnie Raffia bag yes. for summer, and I was like, "Yes, Queen, work." She saw my little Brandon Blackwood, and she was like, "That's cute." Where'd you get that? I love that. That's, that's sweet. You have to put Support. that in a little white bag at night to keep it safe from from tarnishing. Um, one person who does give that energy of like, "I'm rich, bitch." But I'm I might be boring is Aaron. Like I Aaron like, is a, a native New Yorker. You so she's jaded. She thinks she knows now. everything. You know what I mean? I like Aaron's. Aaron seems authentic. I've met her before. You know, not her, yeah. but I've met that woman before. She calls out Brynn, you know, in the first episode, and she's like, "What are you doing?" Which I do appreciate. She's like, "Are you acting for the cameras?" Like, yeah, and, and she, <laughs> she, she tries to be cool, but while also being OCD, which that makes for a good housewife when they're like, "I'm chill, but not chill at all." Not chill at um, all. Very offended. She's not going to go anywhere because of that reason. She is going to be, you know, 
always toggling that like I'm fine, but then blows up at any minute. Her roots are in New York. It speaks to New York. She reminds me of a um a certain demographic. I'm trying to use the right words. Um no, she definitely but, reminds me yeah. of someone who was born and raised in New York City and has like never lived anywhere else. Who's super conservative, but likes to use the idea that I lived in New York City. So I had to sit next to someone I didn't want to on the subway on her right, shoulder. So that's how I know that I'm really open-minded. And it's like, yeah, but your neighborhood that you have grown up in, everyone looks... Exactly like you. Um, Aaron has the potential, but Aaron's one of those wives that's going to have a good season, bad season. Good season, bad season. Good so season, she's... Bad. No, like, she's one of... She's like Luann. She's... I'm not comparing them like they're similar but Luann is a girl that had a, a good season and like a oh child Luann you like are a terrorist and then had a she's recently in her like good seasons but Aaron reminds me of that it can go left or it can what's Shawnee O'Neal said it go either left or real right it can either left or real right okay about well Tammy what about, um what do you think about Uba the supermodel of the world legend one season or not legend now, now listen, I met Uba mm-hmm. when I was working um Literally the first, like, I met her within the first, like, three months that I moved to New York. I was working at Dry Bar, and she was one of the, yes. um like, press, like, model celebrities that they would bring in to, like, come in and be like, oh, I went to Dry Bar. And she was literally an angel. She was so beautiful, so light. So do you think she is going to be one of these, like, Chanel Ion characters that people are obsessed with, like, legend? No, she's going to be a fan fave, almost like a Garcelle, in a way that, like... It's it's not all this. I for one, she gives me New York City models. She reminds me of like, when I hear people talk about um Alec Way, because she's a Brooklyn yes. girl. It's that same energy and a real model who like makes yeah. their career. Like she doesn't need to be like everywhere. Whereas, she's like working. <laughs> and no shade to shy uh, Chanel, who's Gorgina, but Uba's a super. Uh, you know Chanel, their cousins, right? Yes. But Chanel did, and 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 I think that this is what, and I we're gonna get to another one that has a place in my heart. Um, but Caroline <laughs> Caroline Stanberry, I love my Brits, was yes, like basically saying that, yeah, was saying that like sh- like Chanel was not that person, and then the cameras came, and that's when you saw the gowns and all that stuff, and it was just like oh, okay. Whereas Uba, no, Uba gives, is that girl. Is that girl? She gives me like I just came from a casting. Like, what are we doing? Why she are we having you, caviar? Like, my boyfriend bought me an apartment last year because he couldn't look at me in the eyes because I'm so gorgeous and she's very beautiful. I mean, I just think that there's something about those supers. Um, I mean, I think Mother Iman has just <laughs> laid. Oh, the you blueprint. mean my neighbor? Mm-hmm. My neighbor Iman. Yes, Miss Iman, and sh- and shout out to uh, Daddy Bowie. Um. Oh. I recently saw Architectural Digest. I was probably the house that we're talking about. Um, oh, their upstate she, house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And 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 she fancies me as someone that's very reserved. But when she was just talking about the house and David, and, and she's like, I, I used to just, hate being here. I used to hate being yeah. up here. I understand why, girl. But then you you start to love it. I saw her in the CVS actually the day after MoMA or the day after the Met Gala last year. Was it insane? Was her face insane? She. 
Because she looks it was insane. a bit chilly outside. And when we say Rain insane, is, ago. when we, I say insane, uh, listeners, we mean sublime. I I can't. I don't She's know perfect. her age. She's perfect. She's perfect. She's a super model, and she doesn't look like Janice Dickinson. If you get what I'm saying, like she doesn't look like she's been cutting up that face and like you know. Well, you know what? Shout out to Janice because you know I will say this: that white girl can model. Model and you listen, Model. She's beautiful at any stage, but I wish she would have waited a little bit for the cuts and the scrapes. But no, Iman, I saw her. She was wearing a gray sweater, of course, a puffer vest mm-hmm. with a beanie, mm-hmm. dark wash denim, and some boots. Like it was like rainy and cold out, and she was just at the CVS, you know, getting her fix. And I, um, I, I didn't notice that. at first because mm-hmm. whenever I see black people up here, I try not to make it a big deal. I'm like. <laughs> when I was dating that boy in Socrates, I was I was the same. I was like, I'm I not gonna like, freak yeah, out yeah. if I see a black person, but then my friend was like, Oh my god. And I was like, What? And he's like, Look, mm-hmm. that is Iman. And I immediately noticed the hair because it was the year she wore the white dress with like the head thing, and yes. it was like this big thing. Yeah. The day after, you guys, so she was upstate in Woodstock. Still, yeah. Like mm-hmm. the next morning, it was like 10 a.m. the next day. So I don't know whether she just like left the Met Gallon, was driven straight upstate. Yeah, you know she did it. She was not trying to hang out with those little, little kids. She was like, Bitch, You must I drive me to my house in the Catskill Mountains. I need to relax there. Um well her daughter is she has two kids, but I know the her daughter with Bowie, he, she's gotta be older. She has one daughter who lives up here. I think that might be her daughter with Bowie. I didn't know she, that she. I didn't know she had more than one. Which so yeah. we we <laughs> have we have to we have to see what that girl looks like. Child, I have seen what she looks like. Is she? Anyway, um, um, you got to... so yeah, no, Uba's really sweet. She's super kind. <laughs> She's Uba a lovely also, person. Uba is a firecracker, and but I will say that Chanel Iman, like. She's fun, but I did think that she was a caricature of a housewife. And I think absolutely. That, <laughs> and I think that Uba is fun because she's almost like the cool older cousin. She's like the cooler, like just and I love like, that she doesn't drink and that she's just like this way naturally. She's just like Which I commend any New Yorker because like I have to drink. Like y'all piss me the fuck off. Like I don't I need mean, a bag. And also New York is built around alcohol. Like every event is built around. Literally, we'll do that alcohol. at work. We'll do that at work. And I'm like, why do you want us to serve alcohol while they're making $10,000 purchases? I was like, I want y'all bitches to be so bad. Now, every single thing is built around it. Like, I, I learned that being... right away. Um, okay, so we are going to move on to Jenna Lyons. Legend. I, one yeah, season I used, housewife, second season one housewife. Season, um, I used to work under Jenna. When I used to work in Philly, Jake Crew, and oh. I was doing women's visual. Um, And Jenna was definitely moving things. Um, Jenna is great because she gives me that New York air of there's a lot of talk about her, but she chooses to give you her in like increments, doses. doses yeah. yeah. And uh, we're so gay. We're like doses. Um, <laughs> uh, oh my God. Edit that out. That's so terrible. Um, but there's a part of me that doesn't want her to get too caught up. Like what made Tinsley so much fun is I thought Tinsley would come in and be like, I'm that girl. Yeah. And she was like, please. And like she me. was just like, my dead dogs. But, you know, <laughs> listen, Tinsley never made me be so mad at her. I was like, Tinsley, you are that girl. Why are you not acting like that girl? So like Dorinda, like Dorinda is that girl, but Dorinda's so, such a chop that like, 
Like fucking Carrie Bradshaw made a character about her on TV where she also was a chop. Was a chop. Yeah, like I was like, wait. So like, don't ever let a chop like. And her. about money, it's like Dorinda. Weren't you an airline stewardess or something? Like, let's just. That's be, what it always is. Let's just be honest. And now you want to yell at this girl because here's the thing: it's still family money. Yeah, you you had a husband who had money, and she had a dad who had money. Like, what's the actual difference? Because Dorinda defined herself by being Mrs. Medley, and when he got away, she had to look in the mirror and be like, I'm this fucking drunk-ass, unstable woman, whereas Tensley was able to be like, oh, I can just bop around, and I'm still going to be me. I'm not defined by any of the man that I married. Yeah, By the man that I married. And then she looked at that, and she was bitter. And she was angry, and I kept being like, Dorinda, you are actually the only girl on this cast that has legitimacy to, to sit where you can sit. Don't let this little bitch ruffle your feathers. Ballroom. When all she wants Sanaya, to do is be your friend, too. It's like really weird. Sanaya would never let the new girls, the new femme queens, get her bothered. Like, you gotta <laughs> give me Dorenda. Because at the end of the day, you were that girl before. And I wanted Dorenda to give me... That's cute. That's Which is cute. what Jenna is giving. She is giving, like, giving. Mm-hmm. I'm unbothered by all of you guys. Um, I'm really... And she's cheap. not the richest. And she's not... I mean, she has not been employed by... The companies that she's been noted for but i think that she's and this is this is what speaks to true new york she's such a tastemaker and a uh just a, a, a person that has couth and we know what that does to certain people in new york city right. and i think that she gets respect off rip just yeah. for being that and the gag is like i don't know where the bitch works she's not been a jake for a long time i don't know she's you know but it's the fact that she's such an expertise in her field that she has respect. And, and that I is like... such a New York thing. I mean, like, it's the yes. di- it's the distinction between Real Housewives per- of Orange County and Real Housewives of New York. It's like... And you're, yeah, you're performing arts. I'm nightlife. You When we think about the people in our field, too, they might not be the most gigged people or, like, whatever, but it's, you know, you respect the the dolls. The, the, the like Ariana Grande's are... new boyfriend. <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants, honey. People are like, who is this guy? Who is this? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I This man played SpongeBob SquarePants eight times a week mm-hmm. on Broadway. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Ethan Slater. That sounds yeah, like important. He, he sounds like a like a like a raw fuck club, like exclusive. Like Ethan you know Slayer. that he has this like huge purple dick. That like Ariana Grande, because let's be honest, y'all know Ariana Grande, the common denominator between all of the men that she has been ran through by. She's a size queen. They got big old dicks now. Big Sean, Mac Miller. Ethan definitely has a cock ring and she's enjoying it. Oh, edit edit that out. (laughs) That's why people come to this podcast. They want to hear the nasty (laughs) truth. So no, Jenna Lyons definitely. I want to loosen up. She was one of the best casting choices, I think. She was perfect. She represented New York. I wanted her to loosen up because she already is that girl, as Brie Ronway says. And I want her to just be like, yeah, bitch, like, I'm going to just float. Because you know the girls are going to respect you. And she has a silent, um, what's the word? Not like a silent, um, like a silent rulership. And the way that Dorinda was a little bit more like, you know, cussing people out. Yeah, in your face. She has like a silent power, a silent yeah, presence. Yeah, Jenna said that Alexander Wang with that Balenciaga, okay. Ooh. Ooh. That's all she needed to say. And our lovely Jessel. I'm sure she's up next. Oh, God, Jessel. What do you think about Jessel? She, yeah, she's the last one, so she would be the Shout, one. shout out to the Brits. Shout out to the Brits. I'm a Brit girl. Shout out to I'm the Brits. My... You know, that's my five-year plan. 
I'm going back to London. Go, honey. Um, but I, Jessel is one of, I haven't been able to resonate with her aside from the accent. Legend, one hit wonder. Which one's it going to be? She's not going to be a one hit wonder because she's the, t- like, she's that, the, the cards are going to fall down. Like it's, she's going to break up with her husband. <laughs> she's going to break up with her husband and she's going to, and, and then within that divorce, it's going to be very Shannon Bedore. I just, and not the to Brit- be a spoiler alert with anyone, she mm-hmm. hasn't had sex with her husband in two years. And I could see just on because- everyone's face that they were like, oh, well, if he's not fucking you, he's fucking somebody, sis. There's no way her husband's just been jerking off for two years. There's no fucking way. I mean, I guess there is a way. There's people who don't like to have sex. They just or like penetrative sex at all. So I guess it is possible. Or or like, you know, yeah, his his sniffy's profile said he was aside. But you know, I will say <laughs> no, but like also too, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like maybe like we do a disservice sometimes to men because we just sometimes think they're like they're just like fucking machines. Um and like maybe like he also is just like, I'm not into it. Like there's a lot going on in that household and she's a lot that like I honestly don't think that it's a one-sided thing. I think it's a mutually exclusive thing. Meaning I think that he also is just not into it. Let me because ask you something. If you, you don't was... go two years, you both don't mutually exclusive go two years and sign on a reality okay. TV show. If me and my man's, my man, my man's, my man's were a year out and we had no sex and someone asked me to go have cameras in my face, the way I would be like, no, no, I got to get dick down. I got to dick him down. But my question to you is, is there ever a world in which I don't care how mad I, my man could be in getting on my fucking nerves. He was getting on my motherfucking nerves the other day and I still let him get Today, you had to make those meatballs, goddammit. <laughs> this is podcast day. I just feel like I have pizza cheesy bread. I know my man. If we were not having sex for more than a month and he was not making up, yeah, and he wasn't making a big deal about it, I would know he was fucking somebody else. Which is why I don't necessarily think it's infidelity because, well, it could be, but you don't go that long and sign up for a reality TV show and make such a Uh, presence. So you're you're saying that she know he they're they're fine. Sex is just not on the table for them at this point. I think point. they're at a I think they're at a place where, yeah, I don't think they're fine, but I just don't think that it's one-sided the way that Jazel has been given all this like hate because she hasn't been having sex with her man. I think that he also isn't reciprocated because again, I you and it. I, yeah, I just don't think that you both if he was a frustrated man, he would not be like, Don't get cameras out here in my fucking face. You can't give me no kitty. Like, no. But you never know. That's the thing. Like, you really don't. And, like, the dynamic of their relationship is very much, like, she kind of gives mom. Like, she tells him what to do. We've only seen them for, like, two minutes. on. Yeah, I also want, I think her story is compelling. I always love Middle Eastern women that grow up in London. I just love it. Um, But I I think she's going to stay because she is the um, the glass house. Yeah. She and is. we always love that. And, and she, she vomited is, all over the premiere party. So she vomited. And she's one of those people where I don't know what she does. Um You're like, I know she works in fashion, but like, are you a stylist? Are you a what do you do? Whenever someone says they work in fashion, I'm always like, you make no money. Hands down, you don't make any money. So I'm always like, what do like and also 
one of the podcasts pointed out, I was like, those couches are new in that apartment. As someone that works in furniture, I was like, those people, I was like, them babies and them white couches. All right. Well, she was like, oh, can you just wipe the fingerprints off the counter? And oh, I'm just like, Jessel, you have twin toddlers. I don't understand. I mean, listen, I was a nanny in New York. And I think that a lot of couples hired me as a nanny just so they could make sure they still had sex and like went on dates and you know you did you did the Lord's work. That's why you're so blessed because you've saved so many couples. Because because oh. because you was over there at uh uh ninety sixth and Riverside just <laughs> oh my god. And at that point I had like oh my god I've done so my I've lived so many lives. After you write I, I'm going to write a book one day too. <laughs> What's your book going to be called? It's going to be called Around the Way Girl. Step aside, oh. Side to Silva. <laughs> I love it. I love I've just it. Done everything, but you know what? We like the new girls. I think gonna... it's a breath of fresh air. It's really great. I actually would have loved to see Ebony K. Williams and Lena McSweeney on it because I think that they also represent uh, uh, this group. I think that they really are new age New Yorkers, especially like Aaliyah. Um, because I met Aaliyah, especially downtown. <laughs> and I think like you know, just especially... in my experience with her, like she's the kind of girl who can really kind of get along with anyone. It just depends on who you are. Um Yeah, she reminds me of some of the some of the girls off the Morgan Isle. But you know, it, it, I, I <laughs> yeah. shout out to the door. But um no, I, I actually like it. I think it represents this, and I, I'm actually disappointed in all the criticisms of the yesteryears of New York, because as I just mentioned earlier in this podcast. Brandon and I are New York girls. Those women are not the girls that you think that they yeah. are. And those women would never exist in those same spaces um, that the actual dolls of New York would exist. Veronica Hurst is not having lunch with Ramona. Yeah. I had to break it down mm. on my on my Real Housewives of New York um, recap last week about how, you know, Casa Cipriani, Zero Bond, you know, these places are these private Tell them. Tell them. Omar's. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I would know mm-hmm. I, I I have been I have dined at some of these establishments. Um, so just when they said we're not going to catch because we went to Casa Cipriani, I immediately went, oh, these are girls who know they're in the world because yes, Sonia Morgan would never be allowed into Casa Cipriani. Ramona Singer would never should be laughed at anywhere below 14th Street. Anyway, I'm just going to leave it there. We loved that. I actually really loved talking to you about all this shit girl it's all is a celebration every time we link up ew, 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 ew. i loved it where can the people find you on the instagrams on the internet on the life what's going on you can find me at nouveau richie n-o-u-v-e-a-u-r-i-c-h-i-e again nicole richie is my mother um <laughs> that's not new uh, pussy that's nouveau richie yeah <laughs> and um you know we're just like Ending the summer on a great note. Cancer season was so good to us. I feel like it we was so good. Birthday. The girls love you, Richie. They they yeah. just every time you come onto the podcast, I get the most of you like listens that I've ever had in my life. We love it. So people love to hear us. Maybe we should do a live show one day because also you guys need to get into the drag. You guys need to see our our queen perform. Wait, should we? Because your skin is flawless. I don't want to put a stitch of makeup on it, but I'm like, do I need to give you the Richie? Paint me, mother. Paint me. Let's just put a poll. Do you guys want our next collaboration to be a podcast episode that we record visually? Where Richie oh, I love that. meets me for Phil. I'm coming to the city twice next month. Okay, cute. 
So you know where I'm to find me, saying. girl. Anyway, you guys <laughs> give me a five star rating and review, and I'll see you next time. Bye, y'all. Bye.